can't do this long distance thing no more Yeah, yeah, I'm out in Cali where it rains no more When it comes to you and me, when it rains it pours Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 52, and we're going to be having a lot of fun on this season, as we said last time when we were on that episode with Preeti, and we were talking about, you know, freedom, freedom of information, uh, and the importance of that in relation to, like, decentralization. And so the last conversation we had, we had was about, you know, the freedom of information, curation, scam, scam filtration, being able to dictate what is noise and, like, what is, like, truth. And you know, world, we're always inundated with so much information. So now to move on to that, um, we're going to be more talking about like the censorship of the internet, people who are working on building tools and infrastructure and services to help circumvent censorship more easily, but also for building the tool sets for developers to build more privacy enabling um, like software and services. Um, so that we've brought on, I believe, our first guest. No, our second guest now to discuss the Handshake Project. Our first was Tai Shun from Namebase. And as we're getting for the launch of the mainnet launch, now that we're closer, a few months out, uh, we're going to have sort of Sean give us his, like, you know, ideas and background on where he thinks that public chain project is going. Uh, so, of course, I'm joined again by one of my faithful co-hosts, Demetric Ferguson. Uh, Demetric, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, no problem. Hello, audience. I'm Demetric back again. Uh, co-host of the Block Channel here and the co-founder of the Bitcoin Podcast Network. I'm excited. Why, you want to know why I'm excited, Steve? Why that? Because Christmas is around the corner and I'm a holly jolly dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just real happy about it. I get all excited. You hear all the like songs and stuff. But anyways. Let's I like the on. music. I like the whole the Hallmark shows that come on and just like it's nice. It is. It's just, you know, chestnuts roasting. You know, you feel it in the air. You know the song. You know the song. Uh, so <laughs> without further ado, let's let's move into our guests. So so Sean Kilgariff, I believe I said your last name right. Is that correct, Sean? Yeah, you did. That's correct. Awesome. So Sean Kilgariff, you're not really familiar with him. I'm sure if you haven't been really following Handshake and the stuff that's been going on and the, the repositories and developers that are working on that. Uh, so what we'll have Sean do is, Sean, can you just give the audience an introduction, like a bio on like who you are, maybe some of the things that you've worked on in the crypto space in the past, if any, uh, and then kind of how you found your way into this ecosystem to get excited about Handshake? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. Super excited to uh, talk Handshake. So um, I'm happy to be able to talk handshake more. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my background, I, I think I kind of discovered crypto, I would say probably back in 2012. I, um, I used to be a super huge like econ nerd. So I remember I, I, I tried reading about, I tried learning about pretty much every kind of like economic system out there. Uh, it was one thing that just really interested me because I remember learning econ in the classroom and then actually seeing applied in the real world and realizing that we haven't really figured out most of this yet. So it's kind of exciting to me to research like different economic systems like Austrian School of Economics, Chicago School of Economics, and 
throughout that process, I remember reading the Bitcoin paper for the first time. And I think this was like 2012. And I remember thinking it was kind of cool. Um, I didn't have any money. And at this point, I hadn't started <laughs> programming. <laughs> so I, I didn't really understand, like grasp it at that point. And I just remember it in the back of my mind. And I, I thought it was, you know, kind of a cool, fun experiment. And fast forward to 2014, and I was at Columbia at this point. I had switched from studying economics to computer science. And I remember reading uh, the website for Ethereum. And they were talking about being the world computer and uh, running smart contracts. And I remember thinking the exact same thing. I was like, A, this is, there's no way this is ever going to work. This is silly. And B, I had no money. So I was kind of like, you know, there's no point in me really, really researching this further. Um, but it, it kept in the back of my mind. And then I left uh, Columbia in 2016. I came back to Minneapolis here to work at a startup, uh, fintech startup here. First time I actually had money now. And then I remember going back, reading, rereading about Bitcoin, rereading about Ethereum. And I just started investing in it right away. I started trying to teach myself um, uh, smart contracts. I started trying to program with anything I could. And I just was, I was pretty much hooked on it. Um, so that sort of started my journey. And I was working at these startups in Minneapolis. I was programming um, and learning about blockchain at night. And then around uh, the beginning of this last um, uh, bull run, I reached out to someone that I had worked with in the past. I, I did an internship for him while I was in college. And I found out that he was working at a cryptocurrency fund. So I reached out to him. I expressed interest that I, I'd be willing to pretty much work for him for free, do what, do whatever I could. Just I wanted to be in this space. So I quit my job. I went and worked at this fund. And that gave me a lot of amazing opportunities. I met a lot of people in the crypto space. Uh, it basically bloomed a freelancing programming career for me in blockchain. So I helped a lot of different startups, a lot of ICOs, and pretty much was just able to program on my own by myself uh, and sort of pick projects that I thought were, were really cool and really fun to work on. And that pretty much led to where I am today. So I just have been looking at different crypto projects, working where I can, projects that I think are amazing. And I discovered Handshake um, and immediately was was uh, kind of gave the first re the same reaction that I gave Bitcoin. I, I remember reading the white paper and just being like, OK, I'm not sure that this is going to work. Uh, and then two or three days later, I remember reading the Handshake white paper and just it was like 3 a.m. And I was like, this is going to change the world. This is the, the greatest thing ever. Um, yeah. So since then. <laughs> so since then, I've pretty much just been um, building as much as I can for Handshake, trying to teach people about it and just working on whatever I can to, to, to help it succeed. Nice. You got a real so, so, swagger. So oh, dude, he's killing it, man. <laughs> you know, you know, just a quick backstory, just to get the audience more of an idea of how I know you, Sean. So, you know, Sean actually reached out to me via an email uh, after I put out an article about the crypto governance manifesto, I believe. And he was just like, hey, man, love that writing, love the content. It was great. I just want to be able to like work with you and see how we can kind of just like, you know, do things together and just want to just like learn from you. And so I was like, great. You know what? We could use some dope stuff built on Handshake. And then that was it. And so Sean is like basically like taking everything from here and like taking over the reins and is just absolutely like killed it. Uh, was like kind of getting the community and everything up and going for Handshake because, you know, it was very, people were very excited about it early on, of course, right? But it takes time for folks to like take charge and to build that initial base. And 
it was very clear to me that Sean kind of had the the ethos and the kind of the drive to like help build that initial community. So, um, Sean, maybe you can give us some background on what exactly Urkel is and that vision, and then we'll kind of work together with Dimitri to you know fish around and see what else we can learn from you. Yeah, of course. Um, so the the what Urkel is what we're what we're trying to build is basically kind of two things. Um, the first is similar to Infira, similar to these projects that build that that basically expose um, the nodes to the public to be able to use in an easier way. You don't have to spin up your own full node for Ethereum. You don't have to spin up your own full Bitcoin node. You can just access APIs. Uh, at the core level, we're trying to do a similar thing for Handshake. So we're trying to just expose um, the node so that anybody can, as easy as possible, get on, start playing with it, see if it's right for their application or for whatever they're doing, and be able to kind of figure out uh, if they need to invest more time in then eventually running their own full node or running their own infrastructure and going that route. Um, and then on the second level, what we're trying to do, because what we've recognized is that that works really well for people who are familiar with crypto. That like I think we kind of, especially developers in the crypto space, we're sort of in this bubble where a lot of people we interact with all are other crypto developers. So when we talk about like exposing the RPC interface or things like that, everybody kind of gets it. But then if you go outside of the crypto space and you start talking to that to developers who just have never even come close, it it's you're talking like a different language to them. So on the second hand, what we're trying to do is we're trying to separate out some of the more important API calls or interactions with Handshake and, and pretty much any other blockchain and wrap them in really easy to use API interfaces that anybody can hop on, anybody can use, and uh, something that's a little bit more familiar to code they might be using already. So like I like to, I think a good example is right now, pretty much if you, if you want to send a text message, if you want to um, send an email, you're not 99% of people aren't running their own email server. They're not uh, running, they don't have a GSM modem to send text messages in their house. They're usually using for text messages, they're using Twilio, emails, there's a handful of service. So there's just these really easy APIs exposed to any developer to very easily pick up, plop it in their application and see if it works for them. And I think at Urkel, what we kind of see is that that's really missing in the crypto space right now. And so we have this barrier of, there's a, there's, a really good core group of uh, niche developers in crypto, but there's not too much crossover from people who aren't super familiar with it. So we're trying to bridge that gap of crossover by exposing very complex ideas with crypto in very easy to use APIs that anybody can very quickly build an MVP application using crypto and, and see if it works for them. Hmm. So who are, you, who are you targeting with this? Are you targeting like Sally and Maury who are on Snapchat? day in and day out trying to get their snaps up or are you targeting like the developer communities specifically we're definitely targeting the the developer communities i think the the vision we kind of have is that there's i mean we, we obviously had this ico bubble last year and a lot of these projects you know have kind of disappeared but a lot of them are still building they're still planning to release their mainnet and i've i've seen this concern among some of those people building the platforms that we have this really core group of niche developers right now, these decentralized application developers. And right now there's maybe a handful of platforms that you could feasibly build a decentralized application on. And in the next 
year, two, three years, the amount of platforms that are available to build on is just going to grow exponentially. And you're asking these developers, it, it's a difficult situation to build a decentralized application because not only does it take a lot of knowledge, it, it, it's like a very niche uh, language to learn for some of these applications, but you also then kind of need to weigh your pros and cons of like, okay, is Ethereum the correct uh, platform for me? Are we going to be doing a lot of transactions? Maybe they don't have enough speed for me, or do I want to be using GoChain or, or EOS? Will the marketing be bad? So you're asking developers not to just be developers. You're asking them to also weigh the pros and cons of every platform they, they build on, which, and I would say that that certainly happens with other things. Like you have JavaScript frameworks that people will bike shed over of which one you should use. But with crypto, you're asking for a lot more buy-in because it's a it you know it's in it's inherently pay to play to build on some of these applications so you could spend 6 months building a decentralized application on a specific platform and then that platform could go belly up or they don't have enough users on it so it was completely worthless so what we're trying to do is a help out all of those developers by building this one interface and you can interact with any of those platforms so if you want to interact on EOS and then the next day you want to switch a line of code and interact with Ethereum, that's the goal. And we hope that that will then transition to the more the, the, the developers who haven't touched crypto yet to see how simple it is. And we're hoping the idea behind that is basically if we're going to wait until like there's a lot of great platforms being released in the next couple of years. And it's going to take a lot of time to get the developer tooling to where it is with Ethereum right now or where it is with some of these other platforms with Cosmos, things like that. So if we're waiting until all that stuff's going to get built, we might miss out on a lot of really cool applications that would fit on those platforms that won't get built because there's no developer tooling there. So we're trying to just basically create an API that can interact with anything. And then we'll be able to figure out, depending on which developers they'll be able to switch platforms super easily so then we can decide we can see which platforms are getting the most use have the most real world usage and then we can decide to focus and build on those platforms and help build out more developer tooling more infrastructure etc on the platforms that are actually being used so the goal is basically to just let anybody get to an mvp on crypto 10 times faster 100 times faster than they can today so in order to kind of get that started Maybe you can walk us through what have you built thus far? So now as we kind of lead up to the imminent launch of Testnet 3, which maybe by the time we have this episode out, it might already be out, uh, fingers crossed. But that being said, like, you know, what sort of things have you kind of prepared in order for developers to get started on this? And kind of like, what can we like start using out of the box uh, either now or, you know, after mainnet? Sure. So I think... Um... We have we have Urkel as a company, which is where we're focusing really on those API services. But one thing that we recognized, especially with Handshake, is that there needs to be there needs to be a lot of open like you can't always have paid APIs to make uh, platforms successful. There needs to be a lot of open source code. There needs to be friendly documentation. Uh, it needs to be really because not all the developers are going to want to use an API. There's a lot of people who want to build down low, run their own node. And so one of the main things we've been focusing on at Urkel is we've been building a lot of the open source code that sort of helps facilitate developing on Handshake. So um, we have one thing that we released called Nomenclate, which is essentially a fork of Electrum. Um, so what it allows you to do is you can 
basically index transaction history, uh, index auction history. So it just it, it really speeds up the point to where you could get on Handshake and then you could start looking at auctions and seeing bids, seeing reveals. Um, we've also built, uh, we just released something today called Moniker. And what that does is it, re it uh, wraps domains on Handshake uh, and different values you can store on those domains to basically make it super easy for anybody to add or delete DNS records on Handshake. Um, and so we, we've just built a lot of open source code around Handshake. And this is kind of one of the things that we focused on at that Urkel is we recognize that we want to we want to try to build really sustainable open source coalitions, open source communities of companies that can donate code that's going to better all the developers, all the users of a specific platform and it, build that out so that it's completely sustainable and then focus on the other hand on our internal APIs that we hope will reach a wider audience of developers. Um, to help come and come and build on handshake yeah i mean another important part of this too is like kind of uh you know improving the learning curve of like handshake and what it can initially do because immediately out of the box you just think oh it's a fork of bitcoin right it must be pretty similar it must be have like you know the same like rpc uh api you know and probably you know pulling you know uh query transactions and stuff the same way right but then when you start getting into the thick of it, when you start realizing like the capability to be able to have like resolving names, you know, being able to do other novel things using like the covenants and things like that. It's nice to have the tooling and the, and the initial technical foundation there so you can start exploring to have like an aha moment on the types of things you can actually build on Handshake. So, for instance, like when we were had a discussion in the uh, the Developer Alliance um, chat the other day, uh, we have, you know, Victor Radchenko from Trust Wallet in there as well. And, you know, we were having a discussion talking about being able to resolve, say you have like Sean.Kilgariff, right? And like that being able to resolve to a Bitcoin address, an Ethereum address, Zcash address, so called, so on and so forth, and what that would look like to actually implement that. Um, and so, you know, we had some back and forth conversation about it. And, you know, Victor himself from, you know, Binance uh, now, he had his own, had an aha moment and was like, oh, wow, like, this is actually what we've been waiting for. Like, this is actually like a tool that we could use to be able to like, you know, compile and, you know, improve the UX for like, you know, addresses and names. And so, you know, it was cool to see, be able to see like a developer of Victor's, you know, caliber who was already interested in Handshake to just sort of realize the capability that these tools are going to be able to enable out of the box. Yeah, exactly. I'm, that was sort of, um, when I first discovered Handshake, I think what, what really stood out to me is at the bare level, it's already a good idea. Um, when you learn about kind of like the, the, the root zone files and how centralized they are already and how we've had a, a couple of times where they've been, they've been hacked or something has happened to them. And just at the bare level, it's, it's got a very convincing selling point to me. But that was sort of my aha moment, like reading through the code, uh, fully reading the white paper and re recognizing what you could actually like it's not just the central the root like replacing the zone files it's a it's a building a system where you can put a name on basically anything so yes you could just you could um put it where the root zone file is right now and just have that replace it or you could just totally skip that use case and you could get a a name for your any crypto address you could possibly want. You could have just that name be your new email address. It could be your website. So actually 
learning about that stuff and the more you dive into handshake, I feel like the more and more convincing and the more excited I get about it because you just, you recognize that there's new novel use cases for it every day. And I think that's one thing that we really haven't had in crypto yet. We, we don't have uh, a really convincing naming platform. And I do think that handshake kind of has all the bells and whistles and hits everything that will, that will make it the de facto uh, naming platform for crypto. It's important you say that. The, the naming is so important. And I got a hold of your demo. Steven said, it, man, am I allowed to talk about this, Steve? I don't even know. The demo? Yeah. So one thing that I love is that it looks like you can just like send Bitcoin to a human readable address. And that's one of the things that you've enabled. Can you talk about why that's so important? Because I think it's extremely important. I've on-ramped a lot of people in the last, I don't know, six years. And there's so much friction around, they're like, wait, this is my address. This is this weird-ass <laughs> alphanumeric string of characters. And I'm like, yep, you feel really sci-fi. And they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to feel sci-fi. That's not what I want. And so mm -hmm. can you, you know, go elucidate, like, how important is it that now we can send Bitcoin to, like, a human-readable address? I think it's important, but you go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's massive. I still remember the first time I ever got paid uh, for doing some programming work in crypto, it was right around when I think the crypto kitties was just going massive. So the Ethereum network was super slow. And I remember they sent me the Ethereum and like transactions weren't showing up or they would show up and then disappear. And I just remember being so stressed that they had like fat fingered my address and now I wasn't going to get this money or it was, it was gone forever. So it's, it's a very like uncomfortable and, I think a lot of people have problems with the crazy long addresses that we have to use to send crypto. Um, and like you, I've onboarded a lot of people and I, I find that that's kind of the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that people dislike about it. It's just, there's, there's been some UI, some UX built around that. There's easy copy buttons. Uh, there's, there's places that will show you like the first six letters, the last six letters to make sure that you've you've triple checked it, but it's still kind of a stressful situation to send just using these long, these long hashes. So I think it's, it's massive that you could now actually send to uh, human readable addresses. I think that's the, that was really the selling point for me for handshake to recognize how big this is because not only you, what it enables you to do is you can just, just like today, if I want to go send my friend something on Venmo, I either type their phone number in or they, I know their username. And as soon as I do that, I see a picture of them pop up. I see their name pop up. And it gives me sort of these points of confidence to know that I'm sending to who I think I'm sending to. And with Handshake, the human readable addresses, that basically ena enables us to build that exact same functionality, that exact same kind of ease of use, but in a completely decentralized manner. So you could attach your Bitcoin address, you could attach your Ethereum address, you could attach a name, and you could attach a photo. So you could essentially build this decentralized Venmo where all I need to know is your Handshake address. And I can type that into a wallet that supports Handshake, that, that has bundled some of the plugins we've built at Urkel and the Handshake Alliance. And it will render, it'll pop up your Bitcoin address right below it, it will pop your photo up, and it will pop your name up. And you've kind of given these different points of, okay, all these things match to the person who I thought I was sending to, or maybe to the company I thought I was sending to, to the exchange I wanted to deposit. And now I can feel a lot more comfortable that 
I'm sending to the right place. And I think it'll just, it'll open up the ability for a lot more applications to easily accept and send crypto because it, it's, it's a way easier flow now. I agree. It's very sexy indeed. I like it. So, so what sort of lessons have you picked up along the way, kind of like getting things started with uh, kind of Urkel, um, you know, working on, you know, building on a decentralized protocol that doesn't necessarily have any particular central party of control. Obviously, you, you know, kind of want to come in and you want to make a name for yourself early on, pun intended. Um, you know, how do you balance starting a startup, right? kind of corralling folks together around an idea, right, and a concept when the protocol itself might not even be live outside of, like, testnet, right? So what sort of struggles have you have you felt, like, dealing with this paradigm that is building on cryptographic protocols? Yeah, so definitely it's, in, it's an interesting selling point, right, because Handshake's still in a testnet, and um, it is, it's definitely, it's like a weird proposal to go to somebody and say, hey, do you want to help me build an application for this thing that, isn't really out there yet and we might not know like it might take a while um so it, it's definitely like a weird proposal to developers or people to join your company but i think the biggest thing that we found and i think it kind of rings true with that demo is that showing somebody the potential of handshake if we actually are able to build everything out and we're able to get it to a level where a lot of people can use it and visibly seeing like you typing in a human readable address and it, it registers your your Bitcoin address or your pops your picture up. I think that was one of the biggest things we did to help basically bring everybody on board to work with us. Because you see, you even if you're familiar or not familiar with crypto, you've probably seen the hashes, you've seen like sending transactions in that manner. So to see what you could do if you get this done uh, and how much it'll it'll change the UI and UX was huge, at least for, for us at Urkel, just to show internally it gave us all a lot of motivation to be like wow this is this is crazy if we can actually achieve this goal if we can achieve this vision this is huge and it's just something it's it kind of scratches our own itch of this is what we've wanted in crypto forever i know me specifically when i first actually start getting into developing uh on cryptocurrency platforms like a decentralized venmo was the first thing i thought of it was like this seems like the, the the ecosystem needs this and just the technology wasn't there yet so for well, me that's personally because, like i'm sorry go, oh, ahead. go ahead well that's because like the ecosystem itself has always been you know as we know historically it's started like very technical so it's very easy for us to read a white paper and like for someone that has taken something from a white paper from a spec to code to in production it takes someone that's done that to be like oh cool yeah this is feasible great then we sort of move further up the line, right, where we've actually have folks that have built things on top of protocols themselves that were built from a spec, but maybe we not have touched the spec itself. And we've slowly made our way up the chain, right? We brought in speculators, um, you know, other investment funds, institutions, and clients and things like that, right? We've had novel games come about, like CryptoKitties and things like that, where you can actually see that there are use cases for these things right but there's a difference between seeing it and experience it there's a difference between buying a crypto cat and knowing that i have some digitally appended like creature to a wallet versus actually having a benefit and i think handshake is the thing that's going to help the majority of traditional consumers see the light and because we're all familiar with the struggles of being able to send a bank wire being able to send money to a friend or family writing a check cashing a check sending money 
someone on Venmo. They don't have Venmo. They need a cash app. They don't have cash app. They have Zelle, whatever the hell those banks use, right? And it's just like all of that. When when the day comes where I can just say, send money to at Sean. It doesn't matter what service or what you use, what have you, what money you have or anything. It comes to me. That is a 10x improvement over everyday legacy like finance and anything that crypto has put in like UX wise like thus far. When When that's in the hands of people and they experience that, I think it'll be a collective aha moment. For not only consumers, but also for the developers that were like, oh, that's what we needed to do all along. It had to be useful. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. And I think it, it, it's not just uh, it's not just addresses or having this name for just all your, your accounts to send money to. I think that's sort of the obvious entry point. But what hand, mm -hmm. Handshake, again, it lets us put a name on anything. So all of your websites could be one name. All your subdomains can be on this one address that you own your email it, it could be your email it could be potentially in the future somebody builds a way where all your chat apps are just through this one name i know like a lot of people or all your property that. belongs to one name exactly and i think it it really opens up a lot of these use cases that people have wanted in crypto and that people have talked about um like one thing that comes to mind is we have a lot of it's really popular these like stable coins and and giving out loans and we don't really have I mean, there's obvious problems with credit scores, but there's really no way to identify an individual person in crypto where maybe they've taken out a bunch of loans and they've always repaid them. How do you differentiate that person from some other person? Uh, and if they if all those loans are underneath a name or all those accounts are underneath a name, it makes that solution, that problem a lot easier to create. Um, and I think so having this name just enables a lot of other things to be built in in Handshake. And I think that's the main reason in crypto rather. And I think that's the main reason why, especially at Urkel, that we're starting with Handshake, because we, we kind of see Handshake as like the Switzerland of crypto. It, it, it's really not competing with anybody and it's just going to make everything else better. It's just going to synergize with everything else and make building on other things easier. So, that's I mean, what I, I know is genius of JJ too. Like he sees that. He knows the project that he's mm -hmm. making is such a good, low level primitive and it's just so well done. It's just like, for you to scoff at its usefulness and the fact that it's just there doing its thing, use it or use it or not, and it's a good use case if you do, it's like that shows like the deep level of thought and kind of like, um, kind of just intimate, I guess, sort of like back and forth you must have like, you know, gone through trying to figure out precisely amongst, you know, a lot of the other like early team members what exactly he needed to build spec wise. Yeah, exactly. And, and to that point, you were kind of asking what were some of the lessons that we learned. And I think one thing that, um, people might scoff at or not really look at that much is is the fact that handshakes a fork of bitcoin um and i, I i'm guilty of this as well because when i first learned about bitcoin i was like people are writing uh finance software like cryptocurrency software and javascript like this is craziness and i sort of just you know dismissed it and now that i've actually been working with bitcoin working with handshake i've realized how massive having something like this is for the developer community because you know, there's there's a there's a lot of Bitcoin implementations, C++, Go, Node. And I mean, today, a majority of developers are coding in JavaScript. So you're you're kind of in the same vein as Urkel as we're trying to open up these APIs to all the developers. When you're coding your software in JavaScript, when you're coding it in something like Node, you're already making it a way easier for people to understand, way easier for people to build things on it. And you're just you're opening it up to a much larger audience. So huge props to, to JJ for, for building out Bitcoin and eventually forking Handshake off of it because it just makes building on it a pleasure. Like it's way easier 
all the things that we've done are way easier building it in JavaScript as opposed to if we were writing this in C++ or, or something along those lines. Very nice. Well, while Handshake is trying to help the entire ecosystem, how do some of the developers and audience help you guys? How do they reach out? Sure. So we uh, at Urkel, we're kind of leading this alliance of companies called the Handshake Alliance um, to open source code on on Handshake to uh, basically give education. So we, we just launched the Handshake Academy the other day. People can go to handshakeacademy.org. Um, they could go to handshakealliance.org. We have a bunch of open source code. We have, a, we have documentation, um, a handful of projects that we're always looking for help. And we're basically just looking at anybody who's interested in integrating Handshake into their project, uh, working with Handshake, please come talk to us, come look at our code because the goal is to get Handshake in as many wallets as as many projects as possible. Because for myself, if if I could go to my Bitcoin wallet and just type um, Steven or, or type Sean and just send it to, my, to, to myself or send it to anybody who I want, it, that's going to make crypto uh, way easier for me to use. And that's all I want. So anybody who is who's at all interested in integrating Handshake, please come check out the Handshake Alliance. Come check out Handshake and uh, feel free to reach out. All Perfect. Right. All right. Well, thank you for your Sean. You know, thank you for your hard work. Thank you for your hustle. Thank you for initially reaching out to me, you know, kind of just like just clamoring to just want to like just do something useful and just help build and do something like great. And, you know, it's important that, you know, people like you like continue to get a platform and continue to be like celebrated. So I'm glad to have you on the show when Urkel continues to be a success, which I know it will. And hopefully the success of Handshake is just as great, if not much greater. Um, you know, come back on the show and like fill us in and let us know how everything has gone. And, um, you know, anything else that you've learned uh, when you eventually find that success. Great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. No problem, Sean. Thank you very much. I can't do this long distance thing no more. Yeah, I'm out in 